Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hear elevated conversation on crucial issues. Boyd Matheson on Inside Sources. Uh, welcome back. Final segment of Inside Sources on a Friday. Great to be with you as always. I am Boyd Matheson. And as we end the year number one of the war in Ukraine after Russia uh, invaded a year ago, uh, there's so many things to to keep in perspective. We've had a lot of those conversations during the course of the day today. Uh, if you missed our conversation from earlier uh, with Jessica Pisano, uh, just a, a great piece on kind of the backstory in terms of what President Zelensky has done and how much of it was done prior to Russia's invasion and how important it was to galvanizing a very diverse country uh, with lots of different ethnic and religious groups, lots of different languages, uh, and how he was able to bring all of them together in a pluralistic way uh, that made being Ukrainian something different. It wasn't this homogenous Ukraine. It was all the diversity of Ukraine. It really was the out of many one uh, in a new kind of way. It was a pluralistic nationalism that has uh, been very powerful and very important uh, especially as the conflict and the war enter the second year. Uh, and as we enter that second year, of course, uh, most eyes have been on Vladimir Putin and Russia and what they do next, especially with the threats of spring offensives uh, coming, Vladimir Putin's threat to use uh, tactical nuclear weapons, his suspension of their participation in the START nuclear arms treaty. But that's not the whole picture. Uh, We've also got to keep our eye on China raising its head, coming on the radar as it relates to Russia. So far, China has been content to wait on the sidelines and mostly watch the events unfold. But but there's a sense that that is changing. And so what do we need to be watching for? How should the United States respond if uh, our main geopolitical rival starts to be more active in their support of Russia in a substantive way? And so let's dive into that just a little bit. Earlier, Antony Blinken uh, talked about the possibility of direct Chinese support to Russia in its war against Ukraine at a conference uh, in Germany. This was last week. We are uh, concerned that uh, China is considering supporting Russia's war effort in Ukraine with lethal assistance, something that we're watching uh, very, very closely. As I also said, uh, and as President Biden said, going back many months when the aggression first took place and he spoke to President uh, Xi Jinping, Uh, He told him at that point that um, there would be real consequences in our own relationship were China to provide lethal assistance to Russia in this uh, aggression against Ukraine or uh, in a systematic way aid in the invasion of of sanctions. Uh, Again, this idea of lethal aid, uh, I think that is just uh, putting lipstick on a pig in the worst way. 
uh, lethal aid from China to Russia uh, is deadly force. Uh, and we need to recognize that we can use the nice diplomatic terms if we need to, uh, but we also need to be very clear-eyed in terms of what that means. Uh, and just because it sounds nice in public to say lethal aid, uh, we should be very clear in terms of what the results will be and the impact it'll have on the Ukrainian people. Now, President Zelensky responded uh, to a question about China's proposed peace plan. They're they're now saying we're we're here for peace. Uh, here's was here was uh, President Zelensky's response. Some things that make sense to me, there are things that I disagree with, the entire world I think disagrees with, but nonetheless, this is at least something. And I think that uh, we would be safe to assume that if there are ideas that are aligned with the idea of respect for international law, territorial integrity, and some security considerations, we need to put that to good use. We need to work on that with China. Why not? Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Earlier this week, we spoke with Derek Scissors from the American Enterprise Institute uh, because we were talking about China and what China really wants out of all of this. I I don't believe China wants to be in the middle of the middle uh, when it comes to the war in Ukraine, uh, but they clearly have some vested interest or some uh, rooting interest in Russia, at least Russia not failing. The Chinese simultaneously don't want to be tied up in Russia's war on Ukraine. I mean, they didn't start the war. They didn't want the war. Um, They don't want to be dragged into it in any significant way. But they also don't want the Russians to lose because the Russians are much more on their side than they are on our side. They see the United States, Chinese Communist Party sees the United States as, as its biggest external threat. So they're kind of caught here where they want to show support for the Russians and encourage the Russians and say, hey, hang in there. Uh, but they don't want to be dragged into the war. And that's why you get things like trips rather than you know real Chinese assistance to the Russians in Ukraine. So that's an important point, I think, for us to watch in the coming weeks. Again, especially as these spring offensives, which are sure to come, there'll be a Russian offensive. There'll also be a Ukrainian offensive and counteroffensive, I think, to, to what is going on there. Uh, and then as we keep our eye on China, as we have to, uh, I think uh, I think Derek got it right in terms of what is actually going on. Uh, China's got a series of its own challenges and problems that it's got to deal with. They've got some economic issues they've got to deal with uh, in terms of what's going south and what's not going well internally in China. Uh, the diplomatic side, of course, uh, is uh, is problematic. You have everything from human rights abuse uh, to uh, their own defense system, I think, is, is also uh, being questioned in terms of can they keep that rolling. And they surely don't want to deplete their reserves, uh, sending a lot of things over to Russia. And I think as you look at all of those, I think that pre- creates a really interesting dilemma. Uh, China obviously put forward this 12-point proposal about how to end the conflict. Uh, but as we were talking about, uh, I think they would just assume that the conflict continue on because that depletes NATO resources, 
American resources, all of our European allies' resources, Ukrainian resources, and it keeps everyone's attention focused on Ukraine. Uh, For China, that's a good thing. Uh, And so we have to be very careful that they don't uh, throw a lot of shiny objects out there uh, to keep all of that going and giving Russia just enough. Uh, They're already buying Russian oil uh, well above the cap price of, of the current restrictions around the world if they do put this lethal aid weapons uh, into Russia, that uh, will really change the dynamics uh, of all of that. Uh, And so while we're focusing on Russia uh, and looking at uh, what Ukraine can continue to do, uh, we also have to keep one eye very clearly on China and what they will try to do and how they will try to leverage this uh, for their own good. So really important things to keep in perspective Finally, as we round out the week and as we come to the end of the first year of this war, this invasion of Ukraine by Vladimir Putin, uh, we can look at the atrocities, we can look at all the challenges uh, and all the difficulties that have been endured by those who have had to flee their homes, those who are still displaced, those who are living in landmines uh, and uh, a host of other challenges. But I think the thing we should end on uh, is what President Zelensky said to his people. Uh, he addressed a letter to the great people of great Ukraine, and he said uh, people were afraid, some were shocked, some didn't know what to say, but everyone felt what to do. He continued, we did not raise the white flag, and we began to defend the blue and yellow. We were not afraid, we did not break down, we did not surrender. I'm Boyd Matheson. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources today here on KSL News Radio. And as always, as you go out into the world, make sure you see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference. KSL FM Midvale, KSL Salt Lake City. Listen on the KSL News Radio app and in your car at 102.7 FM. KSL News Radio, Utah's all day companion for news. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com. Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.